Ephesians chapter 6. Praise the Lord. We're going to pick up with our series here tonight that we uh, have been on. Of course, last week we missed, had the special move of the Spirit of God in the service, so we didn't get to our, our message. And, uh, but we'll pick up here tonight, I believe, uh, and uh, continue on with our series entitled All Kinds of Prayer. All right, all kinds of prayer. So let's go ahead and pray before we read our, our text here. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight for your word. It's life to us. It's health. It's strength. And we ask you to uh, illuminate our minds. Lord, may our hearts be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And thank you for the Spirit of God speaking now, having his way in us and through us. We delight to do your will. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Ephesians 6 and verse 18. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. All right, now the New International Version says it this way, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always be praying for all the saints. Okay, and so in this series, of course, we're talking about various types or kinds of prayer. Understanding again from the foundation of this that not all prayer is the same. Not all prayer is to be prayed the same way. Not all has the same rules. Okay, the same principles or guidelines that govern it. We must know how to pray for different circumstances and different situations that we're dealing with. It's not all just, well, I'm going to pray about it. Well, how are you going to pray? Okay, am I saying you can't be effective if you don't know the, the name of the type of prayer that you're praying? Not saying that. People oftentimes stumble into doing things right. But, 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 but many times, because of not knowing they're more likely to do things wrong, okay? When I say do things wrong, well, pray incorrectly, all right? There is correct prayer. There is incorrect prayer. There's prayer that works. There's prayer that doesn't work, okay? I don't know about you. I've already made up my mind. I want to pray in a way that works. <laughs> a lot of things. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to choose. Life or death? Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and go with life. Blessing, cursing. I'll take the blessing, right? Sickness, health. I'm going to go ahead and go with health. I didn't even have to think about that very long. You know, poor, rich. I think I like rich. <laughs> and, and, and when we pray, I like it to work. Okay? Since I know that I'm not working for brownie points anyway. Uh, I'm not getting another notch on my belt for every hour that I clock, you know, register on heaven's clock worth of prayer. There's no such clock. No one's going to stand before the throne of God and God say, hmm, I got your prayer book here. You have got a lot of credits. Okay, you can go right on through <laughs> and you get all those work because you prayed so many hours. I think it's going to be more about you prayed and got results. You prayed for this person, their life was changed. You prayed about this situation, this person got saved. 
All right? You prayed and I, I gave you these. You know, it's more about fruit that God is concerned with as opposed to earning something. Because how many know you're righteous through Christ whether you pray or don't pray? All right. So we're on the other side of that. We're not trying to earn anything, not trying to work our way in, not trying to demonstrate how spiritual we are. We're just, we're in kingdom business. Okay? Time is short. Time is short for us on the earth. Time is short, I believe, until the return of Jesus. Okay? Time is short for other people. Time is short in relationship to how many hours you and I have in the day. Have you ever run out of time? Thought, if I can only have five more hours or something. See, we're, see we're, on, we're, we're dealing in a realm that's limited. So if I only have so many hours in the day and so many years on the, on the planet and uh, so much time before the Lord wraps everything up, when I pray, it better be working, man. When I pray, it better be effective. It better be changing lives, changing me, changing other people. If not, I'm going to go do something else. All right, And so that's why we are talking about all kinds of prayer to make you and I effective in what we do. So we've talked about uh, the last couple sessions on this. We talked about the prayer of faith. Remember that? If you missed that, uh, I think that was really good. From my perspective, uh, that was just really good stuff. And, and, and a prayer of faith is what you need a lot of times praying for yourself. Okay, and you need to know how to pray that prayer. We talked about uh, then last time the prayer of agreement, right? Tonight, we want to get into this prayer, the prayer of supplication, okay? The prayer of supplication. Supplication is one of those words that people read across when they come up to it in the Bible and don't really give much thought to it. They think, supplication, what does that mean? Oh, that just means prayer. And, uh, and kind of uh, go on past it without give, ever giving it much thought. But this is one of the primary ways that we are to pray. All right. Uh, oftentimes people are more familiar with the word intercession. And we'll get to that type of prayer. But they're very less familiar with the word supplication. And praying a prayer of supplication. I mean, you, know, you don't ever hear people say, we're going to have a supplication meeting. <laughs> right? People will say, we're going to have a intercessor intercessory prayer meeting they won't ever say we're going to go and supplicate (laughs) but why not would it be scriptural to do so well certainly would okay that's why typically we you know around here anyway we just refer to it as prayer that way you can pray different types of prayer as the spirit leads and 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 all kinds of prayer can be in a in a prayer meeting but let's talk a little bit about supplication uh of course, you notice it there in Ephesians 6. We already read that word. But in James chapter 5, I want you to turn over there. James chapter 5. If you run into Hebrews, you're in the right path. Now, now, now supplication, if I were to just give you a definition, it simply means humble, earnest entreaty or request. It's a humble, earnest entreaty or request. Uh, how many know not all types of prayer are making request. Sometimes people think all prayer is about asking for something. It's not. And we'll get into some of those types of prayer. But some type of prayer is not asking. When you say I'm going to pray about something, that doesn't mean you're going to ask for anything. But when you use the word supplicate, when the Bible says that we're to pray with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, it's talking about there's prayer and then there's supplication, which is specifically asking or making request and this type of prayer is not just a flippant asking it's not just oh i'm going to pray it is a heartfelt type of asking it's an earnest 
prayer. It's something that comes from deep within that you really care about. It's very important to you when you pray. Okay? And I need to say that because how many know that we have all prayed off the cuff? We've all prayed and thought, you know, so-and-so asked for prayer. I better quick pray about that. Oh, I forgot to pray about this. Lord, I pray for so-and-so. You know, and it, it, the only thing it really did is made us feel like, okay, at least I prayed. And if they ask me, I can say, hey, I prayed for you. <laughs> but we didn't really, mm. And I'm not talking about fleshly effort, but I am talking about biblical definition here. We didn't really pray from the heart and let their situation or their uh, need mean something to us. All right? It's easier to pray earnestly about yourself because your needs and what you, what you want and desire is kind of automatically heartfelt. But at the same time, people still pray about their own situation sometimes, and they don't really focus. They don't really dig in and say, all right, I'm going to set this time. I'm going to give some time to this. I'm going to go over the scriptures. I'm going to go over what I'm going to pray about, what I'm going to seek God for, and I'm setting this time. I've got an appointment with God. Hmm. They'll make an appointment with the TV, an appointment to eat, an appointment with all kinds of things. But very, very seldom do people say, I'm setting this time aside where I'm going to seek God and I'm going to make request. I'm going to supplicate, make earnest entreaty regarding this issue. When I get up, I'm going to have this. This is going to be effective. This is going to be a, an accomplished deal. Okay? And I think if people would take this type of prayer more seriously... Well, really, this kind of prayer is a serious type of prayer, okay? And so, in James 5 and verse 16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another. That's if you sin against someone, you should go to them and you should confess to them. It's not talking about going to a priest, okay? Except for Jesus, your high priest. Uh, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. Now, that word pray, pray there is... Uh, is the same word translated supplicate in other places. Supplication. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay? This is the type of prayer that we would call supplication. It is the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. A righteous man indicates your standing with, with God. I'm right with God. There's no hindrance between he and I. We're good to go. And now I'm going to make requests. I'm going to pray earnestly and heartfelt. In fact, the Amplified gives the last portion of that verse like this. It says, The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working okay what kind of prayer makes tremendous power available it is the earnest heartfelt continued prayer this is the type of prayer that brings power on the scene and these are some important words you know that when we talked about praying the prayer of faith I told you specifically uh, that we do not pray it multiple times for the same thing I don't, the prayer of faith is not a multiple time prayer. It's a, oftentimes a very short prayer, preferably a short prayer. 
You pray, you believe, you receive, and you stand and thank God that it's done. But that prayer is over. You don't pray it again tomorrow. If it, if it hadn't happened, if you don't see it yet, uh, you pray it again. No, 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 no. You, you pray again, you undid the previous prayer. And some people start over every day. Okay, but this type of prayer is not the prayer of faith. It's still prayed in faith, but we are to pray it. it it's a continued prayer. It's something, there are some things that you are permitted to and expected to pray about repeatedly. You continually go back to the Lord about them. All right. But the main point I want to get right across to you right now is that, is that this is a earnest, heartfelt prayer. All right. Praise the Lord. It's the attitude that's present that makes this kind of prayer oftentimes very effective. It's not a flippant prayer. All right. Now, go to Philippians chapter 4. For whom is supplication to be made? For whom is supplication to be made? In, in other words, we know that, and we'll get into this maybe next time, but the prayer of intercession is a prayer prayed for another person. But what about supplication? Do I supplicate for others? Do I supplicate for myself? Okay, we talked about the prayer of faith. That is primarily for yourself. There's, I mean, it can be operative in another person's life, but usually they have to be in faith with you for it to work. When it comes to supplication now, let's read verse uh, Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now, why prayer and supplication? Because prayer is simply communication with God. Prayer is more of a general word. It can be asking, but it doesn't have to be. So we're going to pray. How are we going to pray? We're going to make earnest requests. Earnest entreaty. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Okay? And so whose requests are these? These are your requests. All right? And this is talking about you worrying and you being fretful. He said, don't do that. He said, but make requests. Don't worry about it. Pray about it. Don't just not worry. Substitute that for something else. I mean, a lot of times when people want to stop doing one thing, the best thing is to replace it. Don't just stop doing it and do nothing. I'm going to stop fretting. I'm going to stop worrying and being anxious. Okay, what are you going to do in its place? Because most of your life has been consumed with it. And a lot of times if someone's going to stop worrying and stop fretting and stop being anxious, they're going to have a whole lot of time on their hands. You know what I'm talking about? And what are you going to do when you're uh, you know, all day long, when you're, you know, you're doing your other work, but you're used to worrying, you've got to replace it with something. Here's what you're supposed to play, re, replace it with, prayer. Start talking to the Lord. And while you're talking to Him, make requests regarding the thing that you were worrying about. Amen. Amen. And so our prayer is something for us. Now, Ephesians 6.18, which was our text, said that we are to have all prayer and supplication for all the saints. And so simply to answer the question, who can supplication be made for? For you and for somebody else. Okay? It's a prayer that we pray for ourselves and for other people. 
Okay. Uh, if we were to get more specific, we'll probably talk about this a little bit with intercession. Intercession typically, I think, leans more towards praying for those who are lost as opposed to other believers. And supplication is primarily made for other believers. Uh, but we can pray for ourselves and for other people. Now, now look at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 2. And here's another place that talks about different types of prayer. It says, therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for who? For all men. So we see in Ephesians, it's talking about praying for all the saints. In other words, talking about believers specifically. Here, it's talking about praying for everybody. All right. How? With supplications, prayers, and intercessions, all right, and, and it specifically it mentions in t- verse 2, for kings and for all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Now, uh, obviously, if you look at history and you look at who have been uh, in power as kings, you, you're not talking about a bunch of Christians, all right, uh, for, for the most part, I think you're probably dealing with a lot of heathens, and so when he's talking about here, he's not just talking about praying for believers, not just talking about praying for saved people, but people who want the will of God. Sometimes we're praying for people who don't even know God, and some of them don't even want the will, want the will of God at all. Well, we're still supposed to pray for them, right? And of course, this this in our situation can relate to our own country. We don't have kings, but because we don't have that type of government, but we do have leaders, right? Are we supposed to pray for them? Yes. Can you say now more than ever? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for all who are in authority, and we are to pray. And then, of course, uh, you know, the, uh, you could be certainly be praying for people who are in, in power in other nations as well. How many know kind of with the global economy these days and how the world is becoming more one in communication and how things, fast things travel? Man, the, what happens on the other side of the planet can impact us and can really have uh, some uh, important things re- regarding our nation. So uh, this type of prayer, again, prayed for others, prayed for ourselves, prayed for non-believers, prayed for believers. And, uh, and I want to look at Ephesians chapter 1 uh, to, to get a little bit further insight into this type of prayer. Okay, In Ephesians chapter 1, this is one of the prayers that I see would be in the category of the prayer of supplication. Okay, and this is a written prayer, but here's one thing we can see. I made the statement a a few minutes ago about how often we can pray this as opposed to the prayer of faith, and this is one one place where I get that. In verse 16, yeah, verse 16, Paul writes in here, verse 15, just to get the whole sentence, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, so who's he talking about? Christians, you know, he's talking about the specific believers in his day. It applies to us as well. He's talking about believers, not praying for the lost here. All right. Praying for people who are already saved. He said, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. I want you to notice that phrase, I do not cease. So in other words, this is a type of prayer here that is prayed repeatedly. It is prayed continually. I may pray this prayer for you today, and I may pray it again for you tomorrow, 
and prayed again for you the next day. As opposed to, for example, if I were to get an agreement with you concerning uh, a financial need being met in your life, I would not pray for, for that uh, with you about that every day. If I thought about it, I may just thank the Lord and give Him praise, but I'm not going to, and let me explain this, because sometimes people will always think there's value in someone keeping them in prayer. You'll pray with them about a, a, a specific need in their life, not what we're getting into here, a specific need, a healing need, a financial need, a, something like that, and uh, you'll pray with them, and then in their departure, they'll say, well, keep me, keep this in your prayers. And what they're, really, what they're really revealing is that they do not have confidence in the prayer that you just prayed. And they're mixing the prayers, the different types of prayer, together in one basket. Therefore, they'll be ineffective. Okay? I don't need to keep someone in my prayers if it's a, I know exactly what they need. We laid hold of it. We agreed in faith. We say, Amen, it's done. We need to have faith that the prayer worked, that God responded to that prayer. That's a different thing. And so we need to watch out what we keep in prayer. Well, keep me in your prayers. No! I like you too much. (laughs) I don't want to ruin everything we've done. And I don't want to mess with your, you know, get in that area where you have funky theology and belief to think that as long as someone keeps banging on heaven's door that someday God's going to answer. No, but God responds immediately. Now, but this type of prayer, it's not a uh, financial need. It's not a healing. It's not uh, uh, something like that. As as we go on to see here, this is a prayer that we don't cease to pray. And you can pray it for the same person over and over. Let's go ahead and just get a few of the principles uh, in here. What verse 16? And let's go to verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what are the riches of, his glory, riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His mighty power. And uh, these things, I would encourage you to spend some time meditating on what's just been said there. I don't want to go into all the detail. But what we can see here is this is not praying about, Lord, uh, you know, I got a bill coming up. Uh, That's not what Paul's praying for them, that God would meet their needs in that way. He's not praying for their lives to be changed in some physical way or not praying for their salvation, not things like that. And, And this will help us not only in understanding what it means to supplicate and the type of things we can supplicate for, it helps us understand from God's perspective what things we're lacking. Because listen, from the Lord's view, we are not lacking money. We're not lacking healing. We're not lacking those types of things. What we need is understanding. What we need is revelation. So many people are praying for power. Lord, give us more power. Lord, power. Fill us with power. People pray for love. Give us love, Lord. Fill us with your love. Man, those are just wrong prayers. Okay? That other, we'll get into that in that other message, but... Uh, uh, but people are praying, Lord, give us. And the, basically what the Lord has inspired Paul to pray is, Lord, show them what they have. 
Show what's in Christ. Show us what the Lord has done so we can walk in this. Okay? And this is a prayer. I tell you what, you will never, ever wear it out. You'll never get, you say, I've been, uh, you know, if you've been walking with the Lord for 20 years, studying your Bible, living for God, doing the works of Jesus, and being a doer of the Word, not hearing all, you still will find great value in this prayer. Because you'll know, I know this, the more I read the Bible, the more I walk with the Lord, the more I realize how much I don't know. The more I I realize, man, there's more here than I ever thought of before. And uh, if we don't know that, if we think, man, I pretty much have a handle on it. You're on the top of my list praying this prayer. (laughs) Because God is infinite and we never get to the end of Him. But this is the type of thing that we need to be praying. Now, I'm not saying supplication is limited to this type of prayer. It can go beyond to other things. But uh, this is a good place to start. I mean, especially when a prayer is written out word for word. Read this. Read it in different translations. And while you're doing it, put your name in there and pray, pray that for yourself. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. And pray that you would know the power. Know this power. Not, Lord, give me power. Lord, that you may know the power that's already there. Now, of course, the next one is Ephesians 3. In Ephesians chapter 3, you remember we studied this in, a, in the other uh, series. We're teaching on the love of God. But this is another prayer that we are getting that from. In Ephesians 3.14... For this reason I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. So would it be right to pray for someone to be strengthened in the inner man? There it is. It's sometimes, you know, a lot of times people want, what should I pray for them about? I go, I go to these verses so often when I pray for other people. So many times people say, pray for me about this. I pray this prayer instead. <laughs> unless, unless it's something that's really founded in the Word, but I'll pray the, these prayers. He, he went on to say that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the full and fullness of God. Okay? Again, what's he talking about? Primarily, it's about knowing. It's about us having understanding, having a knowledge of the love of God and all that God is. If you'll go over to uh, Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, here's another prayer. And these are all, these are examples of the prayer of supplication. Wouldn't hurt you one bit to pray these three times a day. I don't make a religion out of it, but... uh, But to pray these things repeatedly. And who can you pray the prayer of supplication for? Or for you and for others. Okay? And it's not selfish to pray for yourself. God wants you to know. He desires your eyes to be opened. Man, when they're open, ding. I mean, I tell you what, there is no deception taking place. And we're only in bondage to the degree that we don't know truth. When truth is revealed to us, Jesus said it makes you free. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9, and this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Now, notice what he's talking about. Here we're talking about knowing again. He wants their love that they have to abound in knowledge and discernment. He wants us to see. We've got to see. This is one of the greatest things that a Christian needs after they're saved. They need to see. 
They need knowledge. And not just natural book knowledge, revelation knowledge, understanding so their mind can be renewed and bring a transformation in the other parts of their life that are not yet saved. So we need knowledge and discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. All right, there's a lot more in there. You can uh, go and study that out and read it in some other translations and, and pray that prayer for other people, for yourself. Parents say, how should I pray for my kids? This would be one of the best ways. I know, you, yes, you can pray for protection for them. You can pray, you know, that, you know, as their kids are growing up, pray for their future spouse and their, you know, their, they'll find the will of God. But a lot of that is kind of not stated, but it's built into this. Man, when all of us, we know what God has done for us, protection is built into that. When we know the knowledge of His will, that's concerning spiritual things. It's concerning natural things. It's just the will of God for us. In Colossians, did I tell you to turn there? Well, you're right there. It's real close. Verse 9, Colossians 1, 9. Here's another prayer. It's a requesting prayer. Pray this earnestly. Pray this with heartfelt Ness. <laughs> for this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. And, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So that's something I can pray for me today, and I can pray for me tomorrow. Because I need His will tomorrow, too. I need understanding tomorrow and the next day. And I can pray this for you today and tomorrow and the next day, and the next day, and it never has to get old. Here I go, praying this again. Good. Scripture didn't change. Hmm? Devil didn't change. God didn't change. What we need is the same. What they needed in their day is the same thing we need in our day. Say, but they didn't have computers. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have, you know, cars and they, they didn't have some of the things that we deal with today and and uh, you know they didn't have the availability of some of the uh, stuff you know bad stuff that we have today and they didn't have all... listen temptation's the same it may can take on a different form what they needed was the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and understanding they needed to know his power and we need to know his power okay you can need to know his power with your ipod in on Know His power driving down the freeway, even though they didn't, couldn't even relate to those things in those days. He said in verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God wants fruit. Come on. He wants you to produce something out of your life. He wants your life to be something that, that, that produces things that last. All right. Strengthened with all might. We got strength again. You can always pray for strength. According to his glorious power, for all patience and long suffering with joy, and, and he goes on to, to to say some some other things there. But this is again a prayer that we can pray repeatedly over and over and over. And these are good examples of what I believe the Bible refers to as supplication. Okay, now uh, effective prayer is always going to be spirit-led prayer. Effective prayer, spirit-led. Now we know if it's in the Bible, of course this is spirit-led. This is Spirit-inspired. God gave us a written record. And so you can start without any booming voice from heaven, without feeling any goosebumps, without a band 
cranking it up and, uh, and, and feeling like God is in the house. Any time of day, any day or night, you can go and pray a prayer from the Bible or even really a promise that's not in prayer form in the Bible. And you can pray that and you can know that that is spirit led. But at the same time, uh, you know, sometimes people pray out of prayer books and, and uh, they show you how to pray for different things. And I think that could be a good way to learn, could be a good way to get yourself going. If you say, I don't really know how to pray about this situation. Some of those prayer books that are out where, uh, you know, they'll give sample prayers and scriptures that go along with it might give you some help in knowing what scriptures to use for different circumstances. But ultimately the goal is to get the word in our heart. So we have some foundation there and then be able to pray being led by the spirit. Whenever you're led, uh, that's when things really happen. We'll probably show you that when we talk about prayer of intercession. But uh, what happens is the Lord will actually connect with you and hook up and take a hold of certain things with you. And sometimes you can be so in the Spirit to the degree that you can really tell. You can really tell, wow, this is not just me praying about this anymore. It's like I'm praying, but it's like the Lord is praying. It's, it's like, it's like I've, I can tell I'm lifting this up, but it feels like someone else is picking the other side up. And together we're carrying this and taking care of it. And that's when the Lord really connects with you. There's some powerful things that can happen in prayer. Now let me just, uh, 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 let's see. Let me show you one more uh, in Colossians. You're right there. Colossians 4 and verse 12. Not another prayer, but just an example of someone who prayed. It says in, in Colossians 4:12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. I just find it interesting to to have this example because this is written here for a reason. This is not just him saying bye. You know, first part of the letter is him saying hi. Last part is him saying bye. And uh, and, uh, no, he he made mention of of this guy praying for them, but he mentioned how he did it. He labored fervently for them in prayers. This can give you some type of uh, indication of the attitude and heart of an effective prayer. Sometimes it's work. Everybody okay with that? (laughs) Sometimes when you pray for someone, it's not just a flippant, oh oh yeah, and Lord bless so-and-so. Lord bless Uncle Jim. Lord bless Aunt May. And Jethro and <laughs> Ellie Mae and <laughs> Lord bless. No, prayer can, when it really matters to you, I tell you what, things do matter to the Lord, and you can really sometimes labor in prayer. And it's like, man, I could do a whole lot of things right now, but this is important enough to me. I'm going to pray. And sometimes you may sweat and you may get hungry and you're be on your knees and they're getting sore, and, uh, but you're making a difference. You're, make, you're praying a prayer that's fervent, and it brings the power of God on the scene, okay? And so, uh, go back with me to Philippians chapter 4. Let, 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 let me just, uh, let me try to tack this on the end here tonight. In Philippians 4, I'm going to throw something at you that you like to think, right? <laughs> In in Philippians 4, we already read this verse, but let's look at it a different way. Philippians 4, verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, what? 
known to God. Let your request be made known to God. Someone said, well, doesn't God already known them? It would appear from this, if I just take this verse all by itself here, that God doesn't know your requests unless you make him, unless you make them known. Why would I make known to you something you already know? I told you I was going to make you think, huh? <laughs> the fact that we are to make them known indicates that they are not known. Say, but God knows everything. Well, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Well, just hold that thought. Let's look at a couple other scriptures. Uh, Let's see. Jeremiah 19. Now, nobody stoned me as a heretic. Jeremiah chapter 19 and verse 5. Jeremiah 19, 5. Jeremiah's in the Bible, right? We haven't left the Scripture. Not going to a different book. It says, They have also built the high places to Baal. To burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings to Baal. Which I did not command or speak, nor did it come into my mind. (laughs) Nor did it come into my mind. They were doing some horrible things. And God said, I never even thought that you would do this. It never even entered my mind that you would do such a thing. Well, let's look at another one. Jeremiah 32. Thirty-two and verse thirty-five. And they built the high places of Baal, which are in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Hinnom, to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire to Molech, which I did not command them. Nor did it come into my mind that they should do this abomination to cause Judah to sin. And so we have another verse here where God had never even thought about it. It didn't enter his mind. He didn't think about the fact that they were going to do things. Do you know that there are some things that God himself said that he has never foreseen? Now I'm doing the talking now. He has never foreseen. We have two examples right there. Have you ever read any other places in the Bible where God, you almost wondered, because the way he talked about it, the way he acted, it was like he didn't know that it was going to happen. But yet your mind went, "Mm." but God knows everything. But it sure seemed like in the situation, he didn't know. I mean, of course, when when. Uh, Adam and Eve sinned it was almost like God was surprised 
But yet, we know he wasn't because he made preparation for redemption before the foundation of the world. But when it happened, it was like, what are you doing? What happened here? Uh, you know, when, in the situation with Sodom and Gomorrah, and they were very sinful cities, and judgment was being pronounced and coming down, and uh, were well, about to take place, but God sent the angels down there. And if you read this in Genesis 18, that uh, these angels came to report back to the Lord, and uh, God wanted to see if it was as bad as it had been reported to Him. When the Lord tested Abraham with Isaac, you know the story. He said, go sacrifice your own son. And of course, he didn't intend for him to do so, but was proving him or testing him in, in that regard, what he was going to do with that, with that command. It's interesting. The Lord said, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Now I know. Almost like he didn't know before. You know, you know, the Lord uh, chose Saul to be the first king over his people, Israel in the Old Testament. And after he had, of course, changed Saul's heart and set him up and anointed him, Saul turned out to be a bad dude. He made some wrong decisions and went the wrong way, and uh, the Lord repented about it. He wished he hadn't made Saul king. And so you run into situations like this, you think, well, God knows everything, and yet He sure acts like sometimes He doesn't. And even in the New Testament, we're told to make our request known to Him. It would seem that God limits how much He uses His foreknowledge. Because we know foreknowledge is one of the key things that he does. And he tells us the future. Many things are prophesied concerning the Messiah, what he would do. And even things are out in front of us. God knows exactly what's going to happen. Okay? Am I questioning whether God uh, is omniscient? No. But I am saying it does seem like from a number of scriptures that God doesn't always look at everything. He doesn't always deal with us uh, and look at having a full knowledge of everything that's going to take place. Think about this. If we were back in, in Philippians 4, we are told to think on those things that are good and lovely, of good report. You know, remember the scripture there, just right after that, what, what we read? And uh, we're told not to think about some things and to think about other things. You think the Lord follows that? Though he knows everything, do you think sometimes he doesn't put his mind on things? And he's in absolute control. Right? I believe that though God is omniscient and he can see beginning to end. See the first and the last, he's the Alpha and the male. He can see it all like, you know, some have likened it to what the prophet saw, the wheel within the wheel. He can see all of time. He can see everything. Alright? But some things he chooses not to look at. And some things even in your life, like some of your requests, he doesn't know about them yet until you ask him, until you make time and set time aside and say, I'm going to make earnest requests here. I'm going to make earnest entreaty. Let this thing come from my heart. I'm going to ask God. 
He didn't know you were going to do it. Now, he could have known. But he's waiting for you to make request. Say, what about what Jesus said? Didn't Jesus say in Matthew chapter 5 that your father knows what things you have need of before you ask? Well, he must be really, really cognizant and, and looking at needs. Needs he's well aware of. But all requests, I'm not so sure that, that, that just things that you want, that he necessarily looks at all of those ahead of time. But when you ask and bring it up, then he sees it. Got those gears a turning, didn't we? <laughs> Amen. So if you have a hard time with this, just hold on to it. Just, just hold on. But I believe it's really important that we make requests. That we ask. Okay? And we bring things before the Lord that we are supposed to uh, supposed to do. Again, in Romans 16, he told us to be wise concerning that which is good and simple or innocent concerning what is evil. All right. And, you know, and sometimes this may be, uh, it may just be a matter of, uh, of, of a hindrance in our relationship and walk with him for him to look at everything. And bring to mind every detail of everything you're going to say before you say it. Isn't there some degree of a relationship when someone you're talking to, what you're listening to them to find out what they say? And there's something special about that? I think that that really happens with us in the Lord. Yes, He could know. And yes, He does know. But I think sometimes He's not looking at it. He's not putting His mind on it until you say it. And when you say it, it becomes important. Here, here, here let, me, let me finish up with this. Sometimes people act like the will of God and what God wants is all that matters. Okay. Now, as a person submitted to the Lord, as a Christian, we want to make Him Lord and His will is preeminent in our lives. But I want you to know with God, what you want is important. Sometimes we have to pray the will of God in prayer. Yes, that, I, I can't argue with that. But I want you to know when you're talking to the Lord, it's not from His perspective, it's not just all about what He wants. He wants to know what you want. And if you want something, it's important to Him. Okay, Make your requests known to Him. If, you abide, if we abide in Him and His Word abides in us, John 15... We shall ask whatever we will. He said, he'll ask whatever you will, and it will be done. Just like the will of God is important to us, the will of us is important to God. Yeah. Now, if a person's not walking with him, their desires can get out there. Okay, and there's no promise that they're going to get them. But when a person's in Christ and his word's abiding in them, God says, man, what you want, that's important to me. So what should we do? Make what we want. Make our requests known to Him. You know the will of God is not. He doesn't choose every little detail of our lives for us. Someone said, you know, I, 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 I need to get a car. I, there's a blue one. There's a red one. There's a white one. I'm just praying to see which one the Lord wants me to get. I really think... The Lord wants you to choose. 
I think he would be more delighted that if you like blue, that you get blue. And I, I, don't, I don't think I should pray, you know, Lord, which color should I get? Now, wisdom would come in there if there's three cars and, and the Lord knows two of them are lemons. He might lead you toward one in that regard. Say, go with the white one. <laughs> okay, and he'll help us out. But that's not because his will is just so set for you. You've got to have a white car. That's your call in life. Some people are blue car people. Some people are white car people. And <laughs> you need to discern the will of the Lord. No, God needs to discern the will of you. Say, but he knows what I want. I know that he does. He still wants you to ask him. He wants you to make your request known unto him. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, did I say that God, God was not omniscient? Okay, I don't want anyone to He said God doesn't know everything. Well, let's deal with these scriptures. God has the ability and the potential to know every minute detail of everything. But I don't think he's thinking about things that are evil. I don't think he sets his mind on everything bad because he told me not to. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you tonight for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Lord, I give you praise for all the good things you are doing. You are a mighty God. You are a faithful Lord. And Lord, we do honor you tonight. Thank you for wisdom. We ask, as the Apostle Paul did, that we'd be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man. May we know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. May we be filled with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Father God, I just uh, I thank you for the, the truths that come out of your word. And help each and every one of us, I pray, to walk in these truths. To pray effective, powerful prayer. And live fruitful lives to the glory of God. For it's not your will that any of us should live fruitless. To, for any of us to pray and put in time and, and seek your face and have no results. This is a two-way street. This is a dialogue. This is us working together. We do and the Spirit is our helper. And so thank you, Lord, for answering prayers, for teaching us to pray teaching us how to be effective. May we know your heart and help us to express our heart as we're filled with you. Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise for good things that you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand up.